With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are off. Um, We're going to talk a little bit of postseason MLB baseball. Maddie, I'm excited for this one. We have lifelong Orioles fan Alex Bastow. Um, I might have screwed up your last name, Alex. And apologies. Said it perfectly. <laughs> awesome. That's and then we good have Ryan... for you. That's good for you. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, Ryan Ripken um, YouTube show on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, analyst for 105.7 The Fan. Uh, podcast that's that's out there as well uh the rip and rock podcast so uh thanks guys we've got a lot of orioles to cover we know this wasn't as uh, a celebratory day as we were hoping um to to talk about orioles baseball but i think you know we were talking during the all-star break uh this is a team that you know kind of surprised a lot of people and is one of the most fun and exciting teams in in major league baseball so thanks for joining us today yeah, thanks, fellas. Thanks to both of you. I um, in my uh, countless texts back and forth with Alex over the past, I'd say two months, talking about the Orioles. It's funny because as a Red Sox fan, like we kind of know what it's like to have the ups and the downs. And I think for a long time, Orioles fans only really mostly had the middles and the downs um, for a while there over the past like decade. But I was thinking a lot this morning, just to jump right into it. And, and Ryan, I'm curious of your thoughts, and Alex, you too. There's a whole conversation around like, should the team have done something more at the deadline? The window is open, but they've drafted so well. We have all these prospects that they have brought up to the major league level. And I wonder just like on a larger scale too, I was thinking about this this morning, like you never know, you can't predict anything, right? Like next year they could have a bunch of injuries and nothing goes according to plan. But then like, do you push all the chips in? Where do you fall, Ryan? Like, where do you fall on that? Like the team obviously has a bunch of prospects. I think we'll probably see some trades this off season to free some of that log jam to go get an arm or two. But what do you like? What is the sentiment around the team? Like, what have you noticed? Like, is this are they a year early and everybody was like, "This is found money," or was it kind of like, "Hey, we got a shot. Let's go for it." Well, it, it, it's it's a it's a deep question, deep rooted. Oh, I'll just start with this. First off, you talked about the the mids and the lows. I'm going to say a lot of lows since 1983. Yeah. If you're an Orioles fan, you've only experienced postseason baseball six times. Yeah, six yeah. in 40 years. And they haven't been back to a World Series since 1983. And so just like to give context for that. And I, I tell people this, you know, so my dad, Cal, Calvin, Edwin Ripken Jr. Um, good, He's a good guy sometimes. But <laughs> imagine, imagine your second year in the league, you win a championship and then you go, man, I expect to be right in it. And then you're just not. And he yeah. played 19 more years after that to never go back. So first off, winning's very hard. But to where I'm going with that is the Orioles had a very good farm system back in the 70s and 80s. The 90s, they had two good seasons in 96, 97, but then their farm system kept 
kind of deteriorating. Then they had a good run in the early 2010s. There's 2012, 14, 16. And then you're back in a rebuild. So Mm. I I thought that, you know, clearly Vegas didn't expect much from the Orioles this year, having, I think it was like 76 and a half. And I know a lot of people who personally cashed out on that props to you guys on, on betting on that. That was you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well done. I, I told you, I told you 90. I told you 90. He did. He did. Alex told me that. And I was a bit, I'm a big Gunnar Henderson fan just in general. I like his game. I like, I like, oh, plays. Yeah. like I played infield as well. So like, I just gravitate to those types of guys, but I also play in a fantasy baseball dynasty league and you have to know prospects. And I just, every time I kept coming back to lists, it was just littered with Orioles. I was like numbers game. Some of these guys got to hit, like some of them are going to land and there was some talent already there. So I figured that was way too low. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you some Gunner thoughts later yeah. on. Uh, but, but anyway, for the Orioles, so yes, I thought that they, I predicted before the season that they would make the playoffs, but I still thought the blue Jays had the best roster in the AL East. Yeah. And then, Hey, you know, three teams make it. I did think that Boston, New York wouldn't make it. So, you know, I'll pat myself on the back, but the point of it being was, I don't, I don't think 101 wins and the Orioles win the American league was in the cards for this season, you know? And so would I have changed anything if I were the Orioles, the deadline necessarily? no. Because you needed to find out what you had. And yeah. to be honest, the Orioles didn't know what they had. Yeah. And in the process, they figured out that Kyle Bradish was an ace. And that's a guy that you can build around. Grayson Rodriguez got his footing. And then you have some of these young guys that came up that might have not gotten the opportunity if you went and signed, you know, uh, some other roster you know, clogger. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're so log jammed with talent and that's something that they haven't had in decades. So you owe it to yourself through all of this to not sell off those pieces too soon because it's it's like the lottery. Essentially you try to get as many tickets and hope that one hits. So for the Orioles, they feel like they have, you know, countless, I shouldn't say countless, but let's just say it's 10, 20 lottery tickets that they think could pan out, but they're not, they're not sure which one yet. So yep. why not, why sacrifice that for one year? The reality was the Orioles ran into a buzzsaw. That Rangers lineup is disgustingly good. Yeah. And, um, you know, that just happens. I know for, for Alex and I, though, needless to say in Maryland and Baltimore, kind of a rough weekend between them yeah. and the Ravens. Yeah. But uh, woof. But it well, is what it is. So- Gibby's a Broncos fan. So ever since Manning left town, we go back and forth. He's had a tough go of it. I'm a Patriots fan. So I'm now experiencing what this feels like. And it's kind of like I was saying beforehand to Alex and I always joke like this, like as a sports fan growing up here, how could I possibly ask for more championships than we've get them from every sport? Like it's a it's an embarrassment of riches. I can't be mad about people are just furious with Belichick and the Patriots are falling apart. But yeah, it's a. I, I wanted to see more firepower. Like I was saying to Alex, like, where is that offense that Monken promised me? Like, what's going on? Why can't these guys catch the ball? Oh, gosh. Well, we don't don't get us going here. I, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just stay with this. Alex, I think it's safe to say that the Baltimore Baltimore has been uh, been looking for a team besides the the Ravens to kind uh-huh. of carry the weight. We'll get into our, our Ravens woes in a little bit because I, I might throw myself in the harbor if we <laughs> talk about say, I need that. I need some group therapy with you, Ryan, on that. Yeah. So it has to get I, better. I think, I, I think you know, <laughs> with with what Ryan said, right? And I, I was telling I'll give you this before we got on. For perspective, right? I was born in eighty eight. I'm thirty five years old. Ryan said that was their sixth playoff uh appearance. Yeah. Wildcard ninety six, I'm eight. 
So I remember it pretty well. You know what I do remember, which was awesome, other than the Jeffrey Mayer thing, which I remember my dad yelling about. Um, the Roberto Alomar homer yeah. off uh, Jose Mesa, I remember very well. I went to the Indians, Guardians, whatever you want to call them, in 97, Game 6, Tony Fernandez. I distinctly remember walking out of there as a nine-year-old thinking, we'll be good next year. It's all good, right? They got the team coming back. I had no idea I'm nine years old. It's an older team. Not a lot in the farm system. Ryan probably remembers the name Ed Rogers. Not really sure what happened with that, but that was like the next you-know-who, right? 12, 14, 16, 23. So for perspective from an Orioles fan, I'll try and be as level-headed as possible. This weekend was was awesome before the game started. Yeah. The whole season was awesome to watch from start to finish being in it. Because like Ryan yeah. said, like yeah. I'm pretty much out of it in May, and I'm getting yeah. ready for Ravens training camp. Right. Yeah. And I got to experience, I went to the clincher with against Boston with my dad, which was awesome. And I still think that winning a division means something, right? Over 162. Yep. You know, and you gotta build a team that is built to win a division and beat some of those teams. Right. And then, yeah. like you said, the playoffs, kind of anything can happen. Buzzsaw, I guess we'll probably get into kind of a deeper thoughts I had on the series, but you know, I yeah. think for perspective, right? We I'm not from Boston. Right. The last 20 years for me has been sports brutal other than the Ravens. So it's perspective, though. Like sports is a zero sum thing. Right. Like everybody wants a championship. And if you don't win, you haven't won. But like you're still relevant. It's that's worth something to, you know. Well, so we talked about, you know, next year a little bit. And we we started to touch on that. The Orioles are going in with what, like nine point five million dollars on the current payroll. Um so there, there's money to spend. That's what I saw. I don't know if that's true, you know, but it, the number came up nationally. Are you guys looking at, you know, what free agents are out there? Is it time to start really, you know, um, digging into those pockets? Or is it, hey, let's wait and see what happens when if holiday comes up or, or some of the other young guys that, that have already started to hit? Alex, I'll let you lead this one off and I'll, I'll piggyback you. <laughs> we'll keep him honest. All right, so we're we're still fresh, right? We're less than twenty four hours away from uh, yeah from the loss here. Yeah. I yeah. I was telling Matt last night it'll be interesting to see for me who they keep, right? Because next year I can't imagine they're going into having a Norfolk lineup that you know, like I was thinking of like a Colton Cowser, right? Like yeah. that guy either has to be on the team or he's on another team and he's part of a trade. Like I can't imagine yeah. that guy's at Norfolk again hitting three fifty. Right. Yeah. And they got a couple of those guys. I know Ryan's high on Kobe Mayo. Mm-hmm. I've seen highlights. I can't attest to to being at minor league games, especially in, in Norfolk, kind of far away for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I'm interested to see, Ryan, is like, who do they keep? Who do they cut off that maybe gets a little bit more expensive and they go, you know what? We can sacrifice X because we know that somebody's going to replace him or we can trade for some young arms. I was taking a look and I know everyone kind of talks about Houston Astros for obvious reasons. Kind of the Houston Astros, 20 to 15, 2016, they didn't win the World Series. They weren't in the World Series, right? They didn't get Verlander, I think, until 2017. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they went and got Garrett Cole until 2018, 2019. So if you think about That's the right. Orioles, they're still two to three years away from that. I, I don't really, I haven't looked at who the free agents are. I just don't see them spending $200 million on somebody. I also feel like they don't necessarily have to yeah. uh, either. Right. The Jackson holiday thing is really exciting. Um, I'm not a big comp guy. I see what I see on TV. To me, I know people are saying like Gunner's Chipper Jones. Gunner's faster than Chipper Jones. Gunner hits a lot more bombs than Chipper Jones. 
Gardner Gardner Swift, a better, he's a better fielder than Chipper Jones, a better runner. Chipper Jones, one of my favorite players growing up, by the way, I'm 35 years old. So he's right in that window. But like, to me, like Jackson holiday looks more like Chipper Jones, just spraying the ball over the field, went to a game like 20 years ago in San Francisco against the Braves on a family vacation. It's the best batting practice I'd ever seen. Chipper was just pelting balls lefty and righty off the wall, just like 10 feet off the ground, just pelting them. Like that to me is more Jackson holiday. I can't see a scenario where he's not up next year. The, the question I have, Ryan, is like, I don't know that I'm moving Gunner off short because he's slick field in his hell. He looks comfortable at short. Westberg's a really good defender mm-hmm. at second. I imagine with an offseason, if he has to be at third, he'll learn how to play third. Like, what do you, I, I don't know what you do with Jack. Like, if he's a great shortstop, he's probably a great second baseman. All of a sudden, your infield's nasty so no, i don't move a great shortstop but... to second base if you can yeah. avoid it yeah i mean it, they have so the orioles essentially they drafted shortstops westberg was a shortstop being drafted joey ortiz in the minor leagues jackson holiday but in the pecking order there they obviously passed westberg passed ortiz gunner henderson's gunner henderson and jackson holiday is going to be there soon and then you got to figure out what you want to do i i love gunner's ability athleticism the way to play the position and i got i've gotten to see him behind the scenes playing with the orioles organization and and watching him so closely uh and also i, I this can be bold or whatnot i mean i i think gunner's gonna be a hall of famer like i if unless he gets hurt the guy is gonna continue to get better and i've seen his work ethic i've watched him do things at 19 years old in spring training remember he had a ball in a spring training game out the left, I think he was, I think he was 19 at the time coming out of COVID mm. that cleared the left field wall, cleared the netting above the left field wall, and then went to a, a housing community across the street. <laughs> yeah. And no one said a word. Everyone. Yeah. I think the only thing was like, all right. Hey, good job, Gunner. I'm like, good job, Gunner. That ball went to the moon. <laughs> it just makes it different. He's one of those guys that's the ball makes a different sound off his bat. Yeah, and just his it was his opposite field power too at 19. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. you are ridiculous. And uh the only other player I had that kind of like, you know, your your special moment. What I played with Juan Soto too at the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So yep. anyway, that so to figure out it's a good problem for the Orioles to to figure out what's gonna happen. If Jackson's not on the team to start the year, he'll be there sometime in 2024. What they're gonna have to decide in my mind, because I don't I don't like to play the game of well, who could they go get? You first yeah. have to figure out, like, what are you going to do with some of your guys? So, like, D.L. Hall was tremendous in the series. Mm-hmm. The dude's got a rifle for yeah. a left field. And, and he was one of my former teammates, too. Tremendous stuff. Gross. But is he going to be a bullpen guy? Is he going to be a starting guy? And then yeah. also Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells was was very good starting the year. Got fatigued and came out of the bullpen. What are you going to do with what you already have? And with Felix Batista being out, are you going to fill the spot? I think that they do go and get a more veteran type of arm for the bullpen. And then at the starting starting pitching position, yeah, if once you make the decisions on guys like DL Hall and Tyler Wells, I think we're going to have a better idea of what you're going to do. I don't I still don't see the Orioles making these ridiculous moves or going out and spending a ton of money to be honest. I think they got to make a choice of if you have Santander and Mullins and some of these guys whose contracts you're going to have to pay, what do you want to do there? Yeah. Um, and then I honestly think the Orioles would be more aggressive at the trade deadline next year. Yeah. 
if they're not if they're not busy in the offseason. The only reason I see them making trades in this offseason is that they have a guy that's a pitcher that's under team control. If yes. it's a if it's a rental, they're not for it. And quite personally, if they're gonna pay anybody, I want them to give the the whatever the armored truck of money to Gunnar Henderson right now and then yeah. keep him in Baltimore. Yeah. And and same and same with Grayson Rodriguez. Those would be the two guys I'd really want to lock up more than anything. Um but I honestly probably not going to happen. So that that's where I stand with it. The Orioles are in a great position. And the last thing I will say though, they have so many young players. But and Alex, you can attest to this. How many times were were people in Birdland as soon as someone was struggling at the big league levels, like up oh, get one of the prospects? And then yeah. Kowser was unbelievable in AAA, but he struggled coming up. And I love Kowser's yep. ability, by the way, stud. But you can't discredit guys that are in the big leagues they're there for a reason and yeah. prospects are exactly what they are they're prospects with the ability to be superstars but they also have the ability to fizzle out and then you're left with a guy that had a lot of high hopes but then turned out to be something that maybe you were uh less than hopeful about that's a good point too because the sentiment around the league is attached to their trade value right so if you took a Mullins or a Santander and you packaged them with a Kowser and you went out and I'm thinking just like I don't even know if these guys are available but arms like Logan Webb web type arms right like controllable you know guys that you can count on to give you innings and get guys out it's funny you bring them up you let them play if they explode and they pop like Gunner did he's now untouchable you're never moving that guy if they had a bunch of buzz around them and then kind of like struggled, which I think teams account for that. Like very, like you mentioned Soto, it's crazy. He's still like 24 years old. His whole career makes no sense to me. He, if he, if he plays throughout and just keeps going, it's going to shatter every record that exists. Like it's insane how young he still is. Cause he's been around forever, but sometimes they lose a little value, but I think there's, there's, I think you're right. It'll be trade deadline next year. That's where they'll know like exactly what they may need. So I, Hey, I'd rather be an Orioles fan than a Red Sox fan right now. I can tell you that. And they're probably going to go out this, uh, this off season and spend a bunch of money. And I'm probably going to be just <laughs> as disappointed because it's going to be the same thing in three years. Rinse and yeah. well, you know still, what? Finish, still finish 15 games back next year. Baby. Just like so dumb. You know what the, the thing that's like. crazy to me with the Sox and I have a buddy that I, I started off in the whole like podcasting social media world with a podcast podcast called the three Oh take. It's two guys. One's a Red Sox and one's a Yankees fan, but oh, the Red Sox, I mean, literally they're best friends growing up. Right. So, yeah. um, but thinking of this and I'm watching Evaldi pitch and I'm like, man, he, he could have been a Red Sox again. So, so could, so could Xander Bogarts. Oh, Mookie Betts. He's pretty good. Like, yeah. All those guys could be still with the Red Sox. Now, again, the only thing I will say is they made a decision too expensive to keep all those guys, right? Sure. And then the Orioles, if everything works out, are probably going to be in the same thing. And and there have been comments already of saying, we're not going to pay everybody. Yeah. So sure. that's where I was kind of leading into. But yeah, Ivaldi. You know, the killer of that, the killer of Ivaldi specifically, is they held him through the deadline the year before and didn't trade him. And then did he make the playoffs? So they like they just ate the asset and didn't even get any prospects back. And then they paid the wrong guys and they gave Mookie away for literally nothing. They have nothing to show for that deal. So those are the things that like they set your franchise back because then you got to they got a good farm system now, but they have to build it up. It takes like how long did it take the Orioles? This is like a three year plan to get that that farm system where it needs to be. Right? Five? Yeah, how far? Five. Yeah. yeah. So, and they lost a year due to COVID. The yeah, that's true. That's true. And you, yeah, right? So you, you were know. in the offsite, right? 
I was in the alternate site. Weird place. You know, it was weird that we're like, all right, hey, we're going to play the Washington Nationals AAA team for, we'll play them like twice a week or whatever it was. <laughs> and then we're just going to play each other. But hey, it just stormed here. So we're going to have three outfielders there. But we also right. didn't have enough to actually form a full team. It was just what our AAA team was going to be. So like, okay, well, let's just put five guys out there and the rest you are hitting and we're going to try to make it a game. Sick backyard. And you're like, great. But, but you know what, too? We were raking then when we played the Nationals. We're like, oh, man, we're, we're going to have the best AAA team ever. Then we open up in Jacksonville and get smacked. And then and then get smacked again. And we're like 3-10 and 10 to start the year. And then and it turned out that that AAA team for the Nationals was one of the worst teams in all of AAA that year. So... <laughs> You know, uh, it is what it is. And then we played the Rays, who were Durham Bulls. That that was a yeah. juggernaut. Talk about yeah. just ripping oh, man, your that's soul That's a farm out. system. Jeez, those guys, I don't know what they're doing over there. They got to figure it out, though. Maybe they're so going to get a real ballpark coming finally, too. Good for them. Oh, yeah. So, Ryan, you were with you were with Bradish at, at the offsite, right? The alternate site? Because so I've heard you talk about this. I've been telling Matty P for like a year and a half. I'm like, this guy is nasty. If he ever harnesses. It's going to be really nasty. Look out. So I'd he's, love to hear more about that. He's gross. So Brad and I weren't together in the alt site. We became teammates. He he was in double A to start that year. And then he was up in uh, Norfolk within like a month, month and a half of the 2021 season. And then, man, it was evident. You know, I, I, I'd seen him before in spring training and I'm going, okay, this guy's got good stuff. But then when you see it out on the field against another team and not, in, not when you're facing each other in spring training, then you can see like, man, dude, like this is filthy. His stuff is disgusting. He arguably for me, he has some of the most disgusting, uh, stuff as a pitcher that I've ever been around. The problem for him when he was in AAA and when he came up to the big leagues, was the inconsistency of if, if you'd either his pitch count would get too high yeah. or he'd fall behind in the count and or he'd get up in the count and then he'd hang a pitch. And then I remember he he would like strike out four batters in the row and then we, this is in Durham specifically, I remember, he was carving guys the first two innings and then he gives up a little bit of a bleeder and then there's a nine-hole hitter that just got called up from, you know, like high A to fill a spot because someone was hurt for... Yeah. For them, then Bradish hangs a curveball on an 0-2 pitch after blowing a heater at 99 by him, and the guy sticks his ass out and hits a homer. <laughs> and I see Kyle go like, "Uh," and I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Dude, there's just like wrong pitch selection," yeah. and and you you made a mistake. I said, as soon as you start to figure that out, sequencing. Yeah, I, I remember I, we had this conversation. I saw him. You know, I don't get to see the guys as much anymore just because of how life life is, but. You know, I spent a lot of time with him and, and I did get a chance to talk with him last year. We we were having dinner and Kyle was a little bit bummed because he gave up a two run jack to the Sox, actually, the Red Sox. And I'd be bummed. I'd be bummed too. Yeah. And but he, but but no, he I guess he was frustrated because he felt like he had a good outing, but I still think he went six innings and gave up two or three runs. And I go, oh. dude, what I go, what's wrong? And he's like, Well, just that pitch. I go, I said, dude, you didn't walk the guy there you just made a pitch over the plate and he had a good swing. I said, much rather someone beat you that way than you fall behind or put a guy on. And then, you know, it was really after that. It's nothing that I said. It's just the moment that I remember after that yeah. fact, because then he played Houston and shut down Houston last year. And that was and, it. That was and, it. 
And I watched that. I'm going, dude, you placed Houston twice and they couldn't hit you at all. And yeah. and I looked at that and I went, man, like if you wanted a moment to say, could this guy be an ace? The answer is it's there. The, the confidence. Only, the only thing you had to figure out is could you continue to make adjustments? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say the last thing on this. I the, the moment I can pinpoint when his season changed this year, he was in Milwaukee and he gave up some weird hits like broken bat or just sneaking through. And the Brewers put up three in the first inning or something like that. And they kind of had that look in his eye of like, you know what? effort enough mm-hmm. and he went nuts the rest That's of the cool. game just came guys and then since that point the era just kept lowering and lowering yeah. and he yeah. was dominant and dominant and, and now you know quite frankly i mean he was dominant in the postseason i just pulled him early at nine k's yeah. uh he's going to be in the conversation to be a cy young guy but he's a guy if you don't let your young guys develop you might never find you out you never see it you never get there. So that's yeah. why that's why the Orioles weren't making a move because you got to to you owe it to yourself. Yep. You came this far, yeah. see what you got, and then make a decision. Yeah. Sounds smart. As we're heading into, you know, the the second half of the postseason coming up, you mentioned the Rangers already. Um, in terms of, you know, you guys just ran into a buzzsaw. Any other teams, whether it's in the NL with the Braves, the Phillies, Dodgers, I don't know how you feel about the Diamondbacks, but uh, anyone else that you're, you've got eyes on that you think is going to be really a tough out? Well, Alex, I think it's safe to say if Texas plays like that. Um, with Ben Scherzer back, is he coming back? I don't know how built up he's going to be. I yeah. think he wants to. Yeah, he's a different breed, by the way. So he's could be, if he he's, could close games. He could pitch like three innings at the back end, and yeah, he he could definitely do that. But if Texas plays like they did, and their lineup hits like that, and and plays like that, they're going to represent the American League. But he can't count Houston out. But I mean, Alex, I thought uh, watching that game, the fact that Nathaniel Lowe had a fifteen pitch at bat, that was and, incredible. And, and and then lined out. I, it, that didn't feel like a win, you no. know. And then, no. and then all of a That's sudden, an innings worth of pitches. And then the rest, but the rest of that inning though, uh, it went it, down south quick. It did, and so that that'd be that team. I will say, I'll, I'm curious what you guys think because I, I got a take on this. But the postseason formats changed, right? So you've added an extra wild card team. Do you guys like it? Do you think it's uh it's a better part for the game? Do you think it's more exciting? It's, it's the same conversation that we just had for a few years about expanding the college football playoff. I think it's a little different in that in baseball, you can get hot and a team that would have otherwise not made the playoffs that snuck in the back door can win a couple series and get some confidence and make a run. Whereas the 16th ranked team in the country, whoever it is at that point in time is probably not taking down Georgia or Michigan. It's just not likely to happen. So I, I don't mind it. I can't follow it. Like I don't, Maybe it's because the socks aren't even in the mix, but like the I asked Alex like a week ago, I was like, "How do the playoffs even work now? Like, who gets in? How many wild cards?" So I don't mind giving them another shot. I just my biggest problem is you play 162 games and then you get basically three to decide whether or not those 162 games were, you know, worthwhile or not. But I don't know how you fix that either. So yeah, I, I think I, that's it for me. It's just the shortening of the you know you're not seeing a seven game series in the in the ALDS and an LDS. Um, I feel like having that extra wild card's a little much. Yeah. Especially during the season when like we just talked about like winning your division matters, right? Going 162 matters to me. Right. Mm-hmm. There are teams that are trying to win 85 games 
And they're keeping, I get it. They're keeping the fan base involved, right? If I was in the same position like last year, I totally get it. But like that, you and I talked about this in like July and August with the Red Sox. It's like, they're they're just kind of like fooling themselves a little bit into thinking that maybe they're better than they're not. And it's like, you're sort of delaying the inevitable. Maybe the Red Sox isn't the best example, but there are definitely teams out there, especially smaller market teams where it's like, like, man, you're, you're really not that, not that close, right? Like you're, you're like the angels. That's a perfect, like, I didn't think the angels were going to make the playoffs, even if Shohei stayed healthy. Like they just, they don't have the depth. They don't have the lineup. Weird season. I don't know what they, right. They, they fooled themselves into thinking that, right. So like, But I also don't like that one game wild card, right? Like that, that feels a little weird to do. It was exciting as hell, especially that Orioles, Texas game in 2012, Ryan, that was one of the great nights of my life. Oh yeah. Uh, So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little conflicted too. I don't think there's like a, a great answer. Like didn't John Smoltz say last night, like, Hey, if these guys played 10 series, like it would be different every time. Like the the Rangers just a buzzsaw. Like, I don't know what the Orioles could have done, who they could have played after the Mitch Garver hit. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you go to the bullpen yeah. in the second inning like that? I don't know. Right. So the reason why I asked this is because it is a it's a very interesting topic. I postseason baseball, you can't replicate it. It's the one. Mm-hmm. It's because it truly is a different atmosphere than any yep. other game during the pitch regular season. Pitch. Right. Yep. And, and and the yeah. NFL and NHL, you specifically the NFL, like it's always loud. College football always loud. Yep. Baseball, you might have half the the stadium. Capacity. Now, if you're playing in Tampa, I guess you might still have half stadium capacity for a playoff game. But, but so, but what I've noticed here is that the best of three and adding the wild card, it's not really a disadvantage to be a wild card team anymore because the one game playoff truly was all hands on deck that you had to win that game or you're done, whether that's fair or not. But everyone going, well, wait a minute, you, you, you could throw off your pitching. The Rangers, all the teams that won, that granted every team swept, their pitching was not depleted at all. They actually, the the wild card team then, they rode the momentum. The Diamondbacks rode the momentum. So have the Rangers. The yeah. Twins are are down two to one. And actually, if I go back to this one, I'm bringing it up. The teams that have had a buy since last year, mm. if I go through it, Houston was the only one that clean swept. The Yankees survived a five-game series against the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And, then, yeah. and then in the NL, the two wildcard teams are the ones going to the NLCS. And currently right now, the Diamondbacks look to be on the brink of going to the NLCS. The yeah. Phillies could do the exact same thing to the Braves. And, and this is where like I brought it up. For the full season... You have guys playing. The Orioles just went through like a 17 game. Was that right, Alex? It was like 17 yeah, games. 17 in a row. In a row. They were right? gas at the end. Yeah. Yes. But then yeah. sometimes you, maybe you get a day off here, day off there. Maybe if you're lucky, you get four off days for the for the month, right? Then you ask the team with a bye, and you got to live with it, but you ask the team with a bye to take five days off or so, yeah. which you don't do at any point, including the All Star weekend right right yep. yeah so yep. so that's where i sit there and go damn you know but clearly and I'm, quite frankly the braves until some late game heroics were about to be down 2-0 so yeah. I, yeah. I mean you gotta live with it right but there is something there's something to it where that's no excuse like the orioles just they flat out just texas was better like there's no they got beat, just, they, got yeah. beat. Yeah. And, yeah. they got beat at their own game in game one Win a close game. Who can close it out? It's usually the Orioles. It was Texas. But that's why I was just bringing it up. 
There, ha- yeah. I think there has to be a change in the format. Um, but I am curious now if the Diamondbacks win and the Phillies end up winning, then you're going to look at again for the second consecutive year of the teams getting the buys are are looking like they're frozen in place, especially you know like the teams like the Dodgers and the Braves. Like the Braves are we're head and shoulders the best team. Yeah. Um, so I. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you fix tell. that though. Like how you're right. Like, you know, you earn the buy because you had the best season. It's a punishment to get the buy now, it seems the data shows us, but I don't know what else you reward those. Like, how do you it's you can't reward them with playing right away? It's a weird, I don't know. It's one of those, like, you're right. It's not right. I don't know how we fix it. It's one of those yeah. things. It's like stuck, but it'll be interesting. Um, switching gears for a sec. Follow me on a journey. Jackson Holiday, dad, Matt Holiday. Colorado Rockies, great. I worked for the Rockies right out of school for a little bit. Potentially may have overlapped with your sister, who now is handling hey now. the the uh, prime experience out in CU. Question for you. So what's it been like kind of following from afar? I know you're a football guy, too. So you, you spend a lot of your time on the podcast doing fantasy football and other stuff. Are you a big college guy? You've been following closely. Is CU like your adopted school because of that? Like, where are you Hell at yeah. with all that? Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I pull for a, a with, with Alex, he'll attest to this. The Maryland guys, you you, you pull for Maryland, right? You got yeah. to first yeah. and foremost. But CU, since my sister went out there in 2008, I always was pulling for Colorado, even when they sucked. I remember yeah. I had one night, I guess it was when Colorado went to the Pac 12 championship. It might have, I was living in Boston at the time, might have been 2016 fall winter. Yeah. They're in the Pac 12 against Washington. And my girlfriend and I were like, hey, let's take a shot for every time Colorado scores a touchdown. And (laughs) let's just say it didn't really happen. So I think we changed it to like turnovers. And (laughs) so then we just really spice up the party. So that was the only moment for Colorado football where it's been relevant. It's been fun. I think the college football is so electrifying. It's the best. Now, um, I, you know, I'm hoping for Colorado's sake, they continue to get better. But I do like that this year in general, it's fun. It's isn't it ironic too? the pac 12 is dominant this year, but now it's, it's gonna not going to exist. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, completely. it's crazy. goes right back to how it was right back to the big 12 and you've got all those rivalries again. And they're all the teams that were in the big 12 with them are gone. So like the yeah. Nebraska rivalry is, you know, they have to play that game as a non-conference. So it's, College football is going to look very, I mean, college sports in general are going to look very different, but way different. I mean, excuse me. I mean, Alex, I mean, talk about being Maryland guys. I mean, I I always think of Maryland as still the ACC team. Same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're not. Especially basketball wise. It's it's a little weird. Used to go to the games. That's been uh, how long since they moved into the Big Ten, too? How many years? 10, 10 years. And it doesn't feel like that long. It's weird. Yeah. I'm the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I was in college at Maryland 2006, 2010. Uh, but in high school, I went to the Duke games, JJ Redick, mm-hmm. right? Like I grew up with, I don't know, I think Ryan probably would have been a, maybe a little bit younger, but probably watched the game, the Duke Maryland final four that Maryland oh, yeah. blew a 20 point lead. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the Duke Maryland 10 point comeback, Jay Williams, Jay Williams was my guy, by the way, that guy was the man and they got hurt, which was really unfortunate. That guy yeah. was so good. So good. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, Maryland basketball, I'm definitely big in the Maryland football thing. I've told Matt, I, you know it, how it is, Ryan. Like, let's get our six to seven wins. Let's try and win somebody in the Big Ten. Yep. I'm not upset if you lose to Ohio State, but like, beat a Purdue once in a while. You know, yeah. like, give me, give me a game like that, and I'm and I'm thrilled. 
That's, I mean, that's what I have. I have friends that are Iowa fans. They went to school in Iowa and, you yeah, know, they're Iowa a little bit ones. different. Yeah. They'll win you eight, nine games. And every year they'll pop, like every four years, they'll pop for a 10 win season and make a, a new year's six game or something. But that's all you want. Right. Cause the haves and have nots yeah. in college, especially football, the gap is just getting wider and wider, especially with, I mean, they got free agency now. It's crazy. Like some, it's, it's, some teams yeah. just literally use it that way. Yeah. My, uh, the other adopted team I have is cause my sister's husband, is from Boise, Idaho. So I okay. do pull for nice. Boise State. Nice. Um, you know, Broncos. if they have yeah. a kid, yeah. the, the first the the firstborn son might be Kellen Moore. Uh-huh. Uh, might be the <laughs> oh, yeah. might might be the name. So, but Big anyway, drive like, against Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? That was actually the first time I met uh, Cam. Is his name? And the first time he came when when they came to uh, I think it was at FedEx Field when Vatek yeah, was a long State. time. I think I was in college. That was like yeah. 10, 9, yep. 9 yeah. 10. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's like stuff like that. And uh, you know, I, I love that. I wish that Maryland had a little bit more of that in particular, just because yeah, you're right. Like when people think about Maryland, it's still driven by basketball around here. And then yeah, and then and then it's and then it's Ravens. Like there's yep. no other they're not college. These aren't college towns. Like I live 10 minutes away from Boston College's campus. Nobody cares about that team. And they, I mean, they have a good team. I guess the only difference would be hockey in the Northeast because obviously up and down the coast, like hockey East is the SEC of hockey. So, but you're right. It's sport. It's pro sports here. Nobody really cares that much yeah. about the college teams. And, you know, it's just the way it is. I wish it wasn't that way because I prefer college. I think the atmosphere is just electric. I, I lived in Boulder for a little bit too. And I didn't even, I wasn't necessarily a Buffs fan, but like just game days there and like the vibes and the energy, like such a cool town and there's so much going on. You don't really get that with the pro sports. So it's definitely different. Yeah, it's definitely different. You guys hockey guys then? If you're, um, you know, no. So I went to UMaine, but I'm not a hockey guy. Um, well, I, but Gibby, your dad, your, your, your brother is by default. Yeah, now. so my brother's the athletic director over at Merrimack College, and they won Hockey East. Um, they lost to Quinnipiac. No, I'm sorry. They didn't win Hockey East, but they lost to Quinnipiac, who went on to win the the uh, Final Four, the, NC, the Frozen Four. The Frozen um, Four, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Electric. I it, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I was there during the Korea days, the not the Paul Korea, the Marty Marty Korea days, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it, it's really it comes down to pro sports up here. Um, you know, the Celtics are are going to be the talk of the town in the next week if they're not already, just because of what we're seeing with the Patriots and um, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah. Fun. I'm, I'm more of a pro sports guy. So I but think Maryland so, basketball is always fun. One thing we always ask, and we we've Ooh, kind of yes. tried away from it in season two, um, is and I'll start with you, Ryan. Um, we, we asked a lot of our guests, right? So you told us you're heading into the the studio at two thirty in the morning, and you probably need a little bite to eat. Um, maybe you need to pump up gas and everything, gas up the car. Um, what are you stopping in? to get at the gas station what's your go-to snack like the first thing your brain just takes you there just takes you to that spot you know right where it is in the 7-eleven or whatever you're doing it's like your go-to snack well you know what my mind when i think about late nights it actually goes back to my playing days where we're on buses just going Uh, through oh that's god no god knows where throughout the middle of the night um for me I always was, I needed like some saltiness. Actually, it depends on, you know, it's funny. People, I never consider myself being like a big 
like a overweight guy by any means, but like, I guess apparently my diet was better, but I was 240 <laughs> when I played, but now I'm like 220. And everyone's like, oh, when you were fat rip. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> so, and I'm like, I go, whoa. And I, I, I said, I go, so you guys really thought I was, and they're like, well, you're just a lot skinnier. And I'm like, well, I always actually try to find in that case. I'm like, well, damn, I would try to find like a Ben and Jerry's or a, like uh-huh. get the little pint of ice cream in the, uh, in the corner there. But yeah. in general, like beef jerky was big for me. Um <laughs> Yep. I forget what the one bag usually like the Jack links was the, the original one, but then there was this massive bag. I would try to get the, like almost in the industrial size. Yes. If I was, called. yeah, I don't know what it was. That was probably number one for me. And then the ice cream depending yeah. on the flavor, depending on my mood. Yep. Uh, I was a big mint, mint Oreo guy. And then what else? But then if I was trying to be like, well, Hey, you know, probably haven't eaten a ton here. Let me get some protein. And then maybe also if I'd like to indulge a little bit, but I wouldn't get it there, but just making sure I'd have enough ice to have some tequila and, you know, just relax. So, um, you know, but that was, yeah, but sometimes, you know, you're not really supposed to, it's funny. You're not really supposed to do that at the lower levels. I think once you get the AAA things change, but, um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of, I was all over the place, but yeah. uh, No, that was a great answer. Ice cream, jerky, and making (laughs) sure my tequila is cold. I think we've had an, well, only one other person say ice cream, but it's true. They're there. Like you could even probably get a Haagen Dazs if you're into that. It's in the same oh, spot. I'm, depending on where I'm you're into at. that. I'm into uh, that. I, uh, there was a point I would eat half a gallon of ice cream growing oh, yeah. up every single day. Yeah. It's great. Me too. Great. I cringe thinking about it. So Alex, you've <laughs> What's got yours, Alex? Yeah. Um, the, I mean, snacking is, is at an all time premium with a newborn. <laughs> where, where I'm aware. All right. So I'm thinking, so first of all, Ryan can appreciate this. A Royal Farms just opened about a half mile away from me. I like the sound of that. Oh, oh, the Rofo. But but I'll be honest. And I love Justin Tucker, obviously. I'm not into the chicken. I'm just not into the chicken. I saw that advertisement. It doesn't seem like a very good deal. It was like four pieces for $10 or something. It it is what it is. So I'm with Ryan. I'm a big Ben and Jerry's guy. Big Ben and Jerry's guy. Um, Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh wow! That's a Hall of Fame pick. Yes. We get that. We yep. get it a lot. I yep. yeah, yep. And uh, if I'm feeling really frisky, uh, some Royal Farms have the milkshake machines. So I guess oh, that's wow. ice cream, but not Ben and Jerry's. They have like the milkshake machines where you get the fake ice cream. You put it in the blender. Um, yes, like McDonald's not all of them has. have it, but exactly. But when you yes. get the one that does, yeah. you hit the jackpot. And I got one <laughs> half a mile away. Sometimes I go in during lunch. I don't tell my boss, but you know it's- it is what it is. It's funny treat when we yourself. ask everybody, that, yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. We ask this question and everybody will give a savory and a sweet answer because you do, you're right. You go in and like, I even do it myself. I'm like, what do I feel more like? That's why the snacks that do both, like I saw the other day, there was like, they were like bugles or something and they had like caramel coated around them. So it was like salty and <laughs> oh, sweet. Man, all excited. So um, I'm just saying, nice. hey, listen, it's a good answers from both of you guys and they're oh. not common answers. So I like that. And then send us home. Um, you know, we we live a lot in the uh, fantasy football world. That's that's our yep. lane. That, you know, we'll veer from from time to time. But uh, if it's a weekly fantasy pick, anyone you really like this week, whether it's an undervalued your pick of the week, or um, or it could be a Raven if, if we want to, you know, turn the tides in Baltimore a little bit. Um, you just don't say Rashad Bateman, and don't say Rashad Bateman. <laughs> Alex is not pleased with Bateman. <laughs> 
He's so I, good. I, he's so good. I want him to deliver. He's like his profile and his talent coming out of Minnesota. He's so good. Just hasn't clicked. Yeah, I got. I'm, I'm looking through. Alex, do you know what you have one off the top of your head? So I'll, I'll be honest. I'm the one guy in America that does not play fantasy football. Whoa! I played. It's true. I played once. It's true. I played once. My sister's boyfriend. My sister's four years older than me. Uh, boyfriend was like, "You want to play in this fantasy football thing?" We got like, "All right, cool." 2004, right? And I had Heinz Ward on my team. Oh yeah, because I had to pick up Heinz Ward because he's a great player. He was a great player. I, I couldn't bring myself to root for him to score a touchdown. Like, I don't want him to score a touchdown. I had Chad Johnson on the other side. Like, I don't want them to score <laughs> touchdowns against my team. So I just, yep. like, I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't do it. Fantasy football was big at the time, but I mean, it's obviously a totally different level now. So I've, I've, I'm just, like, I'm one of those you're, guys. You're like, man, I just want the Ravens to win. I don't care what <laughs> happens. I don't want any Lamar slander. I can't deal with that. The oh, guy's ridiculous. Does that happen locally too, though? Like, how does the local fan base feel about Lamar? Yeah, like yeah, no, Alex. I don't think that after, the, especially after this last Ravens game, no one really said anything about it. Was it was really just about the the drops, the misexecution? You know, Lamar. Nothing really about. Lamar at all that I've really heard of or listened to, except like Stephen okay. A. Smith went off. We I covered yeah. that on YouTube, but that's national. He barely right. counts anyway. He yeah, doesn't he's... even watch the game, so it's like yeah. who cares? No. Him and Skip, yeah, they don't they don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Lamar's great. Yeah, I'll okay. So I'll if I'm going to go with the Raven, I just think he's due for one eventually. Zay Flowers, Boston College guy, love, yep. love his game. Dude, love his dude, game. Get, dude gets the targets. He just hasn't gotten that touchdown yet, and he, it's felt like he's been close. A few times. Uh, And then another one, just because maybe I want this to stay rolling and it it will help my team out tremendously, is that I feel like you got to start Bears now. So, like, Justin Fields, automatic. DJ Moore, automatic. Maryland guy. Yep, Maryland guy. DJ Moore, yep. And then uh, Cole Komet, sneaky, has started to play really well. And then on the other side, the the Vikings, K.J. Osborne's probably going to get a lot more looks in Addison. I just want want that game to be a sneaky 34-31, and D.J. Moore has 45 points again. That's what I really want. I like it. Um, (laughs) There you go. I like that. So so I'm hoping that that the Vikings and Bears can turn out to be an entertaining one. Uh, I'm sorry. No one on the Patriots – no, I have, that's I have, the right answer. If you pick uh, anybody, yeah. I'd be concerned. I yeah. have Stevenson, and uh, it it hurts. It, it really, it really, really hurts. Yeah, uh, I and I don't, I don't know what's going on up there, guys. Blow it you up. You know what, Ryan? I I'm going to turn the tables. Up. I'm going to turn the tables because I sat through so many Red Sox Nation, <laughs> Camden Yards South games when I was in high school and college that I can ever kind of recount. I was at the Manny Ramirez high five game, by the way. That was oh, really. really? You were the the one that got high five there. Uh Unfortunately not, but I remember (laughs) it. I didn't. Anyways, neither here nor there. Matt, the floor is yours. Uh, Talk to us. You're, you're on WEI Mac Jones. Go. Oh, it's awful. The whole thing's awful. I think you can be a quarterback. (laughs) This is not going to work. Nothing's going to work. Belichick needs to give up personnel decisions or go. They got to build it like the lions, build it from the inside out, get the quarterback later. That's the, that's the blueprint. That's what I wanted to do, but they don't know how to do that here because they don't blow things up because all we've ever done is win. So it's, Oh, here we go. Yeah. It's a slow crawl. It's a fact. There's a fact. All we do is win. 
These are facts. So, so Jacoby, are, Jacoby Myers or Juju Smith Schuster? Oh, Jacoby, what an awful decision. Um, and I'm not a bad. Patriots fan. I'm just no. Everybody, they everybody. let the better guy go and then gave the dude who can't play more. It's just bad. Belichick is not a personnel guy. Defense only for him. But I don't. I need, know. You, need you guys to go through the next. Uh, 35 years the way I did. The way I'll do it for you guys. I'll 96, guys. 97, 12, 14, 16, 23. It's my penny. My, fir- my, my first Orioles game was a, was a birthday gift. We sat at the far, we sat in a place where they don't even sell tickets. The far left uh, upper deck, <laughs> uh, June of 95, they were playing the angels. It was a different series than that one. Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. that was my first game catcher catcher. Here's a blast from the past. The catcher in that game was George Fabergas. Yeah, wow. yeah, Jorge. Yeah, yeah. Chili Davis yeah. was in that lineup. Tim yeah. Salmon was in that lineup. Jim Chili Edmund, Davis. J- Chili Davis was JT the Snow for a while. Yeah, we're, we're, Gary we're, DeSar, Cena. Local what guys. A, what a squad. Yeah, that was Jimmy my first Bible. game. This is great. We got to have you guys back. This is yeah, fun. please. Yeah. Um, we'd love to have you guys back. We can get into into fantasy football. We can do more and more baseball touch on the off season um see who's coming up and and um and any free agent signings all of that fun stuff so uh thank you gentlemen yeah um, well done and yep. i hope this was a little bit of therapy for for everyone um in baltimore <laughs> i needed that group therapy man thank, thank you, you ryan thank ryan you. thanks for joining alex thanks man hey thanks for having us guys appreciate it thanks